0: Welcome to the Positivity Podcast, where we explore the skills and strategies of personal development with cutting-edge researchers, authors, entrepreneurs, and experts. Hey folks, we have another great episode Um, in this one. Fred Luskin and I discussed the whole process of forgiveness and getting over the past. And I really trust his opinion. He's a professor at Stanford and has led forgiveness work for 9-11 victims, employees at major tech companies and survivors of genocide. And in this conversation, we chat self-forgiveness, when not to forgive and more. And I got to be honest, this wasn't the easiest conversation because we discussed some of my old grudges and lingering emotions. So forgive me for the self-focus of this episode but that but I hope that in hearing some of my struggles you'll be able to take up a few tactics that can help you with yours. Um, and I walked away with a major takeaway which is that forgiveness is a skill you can develop and you do it for yourself. So let's go on another edition of the positivity podcast. Uh, uh, uh! Fred, thanks so much for joining. What got you interested in forgiveness? What sparked
1: this interest in forgiveness? (coughs) Excuse me. Well, hi. Hi. Um, Professionally speaking, it was that I was completing my PhD at Stanford and needed a dissertation topic. But personally, it had been that a very close friend had betrayed me. And that betrayal um, caused me a lot of suffering. But also led me to have to explore forgiveness in my own life, and it was the resolution of that personal betrayal that led me, in part, to the professional interest. So what
0: what did that look like for you? That process of, of exploring forgiveness, exploring. And,
1: and what does you know, forgiveness like, mean to you? Like like so many people, you come to forgiveness when you're miserable, like. If you, if you like hating somebody or feeling sorry for yourself, then you don't need to forgive. I mean, it still works for you. But when that stops working and, and you start getting as tired of yourself as you are of what somebody has done to you, then you other thoughts come to your head, which is, hmm, this is going to be a crappy way to spend the rest of my life. Or, wait a second, there's got to be something I can do better because my life isn't good. And it's at that moment that possibilities emerge for one to grow or one to kind of see things from a different perspective. So for me, it was that, again, a very close friend had betrayed me. And my wife uh, went to me and said to some degree, Fred, I still really love you, but I don't like you as much. Like, you're you're too bitter and, and, and this isn't what I signed up for when I decided to get married to you and I'm hoping you can do something about it. So her kick in the butt uh, spurred me to to start looking at, like, what was I doing? Like, I was angry and yeah, self-pitying for years. Um, once I got that kick in the butt, uh, I made some somewhat rapid progress, but that was because the idea of forgiveness came to my head and it hadn't been within a 100 miles of my head before then. So once it came front and center and presented it itself, oh, here's an option, I don't have to stay crazy, I can let this go, um, that, that made all the difference. And so what does forgiveness mean to you? What, what is it? It means different, it, it's very different in meaning to now than what it meant um, 20 years ago. <clears throat> right now it means, because um, I teach it so much, is uh, making peace with the word no, which is kind of being okay when things don't work out the way you want, or being okay when you can't get your desires gratified, or being okay when even the absolute best thing that you could imagine happening, somebody or something or the universe says, no, no thank you, and making peace with that. Then it just meant that I had been really shittily treated and I had to figure out a way to make peace with being shittily treated without losing my partner. So it was was a lot more pragmatic and personal and now it's more conceptual. Yeah. So I'm kind of going through a personal experience
0: that I'd be interested to hear your perspective on. I have a really close friend from high school. We also talk a lot professionally and there was probably five or six instances of us discussing um, the, the other person is is very successful in a lot of ways. And I was asking them for counseling, and they were kind of coaching me a bit and, and mentoring. And there was a, a series of times where they were really frustrated in, with me that I wasn't progressing as fast enough. And I think I wasn't super aware of it. And so there was kind of this like Harvard sour feelings towards the person. And you had? I had. Okay. That developed kind of week after week and and I I I wasn't really aware of it happening. And it got to the point where, you know, we ended up saying, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it wasn't good. Like I shouldn't I shouldn't have had those expectations. And logically we talked it out and it all makes sense. And so, you know, and I, I I do forgive him, I think, but you know, now when I still think of our relationship sometimes I feel sour and so there's kind of this disconnect
1: between what it what it I'm not clear about what they actually did sounds like they got impatient with you yeah what's unforgivable about that I don't think that there's anything unforgivable what what would have stopped you like what's what's wrong with being impatient I'm these are serious questions I'm not just trying to jerk your chain what's wrong with that I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Okay. I think that I felt
0: kind of emotionally um, like a little thrown off sure. and a little hurt. And now it's to the point where, you know, logically I understand exactly like I just said, there's nothing wrong with it. But emo- emotionally, the, the emotions kind of still linger and are dragging right. me along. And okay. how, how do, like, even when you know it should be one way and that it's fine, why do those emotions linger and, you know, how do I
1: work through that? Well, the the most important piece is to recognize that, at worst, your friend was unskillful, not unkind, because he was just impatient. Then what happened is you learn something about yourself. You're touchy, and you don't necessarily handle um, somebody's disappointment in you well. So the key piece about forgiveness is to work with the parts of us that need healing. Mm. And so you just recognized a couple pieces of it need healing. One is when somebody is unskillful but not unkind, I still, I still get hurt by it. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. Just don't blame them for that. Mm-hmm. And, and the second piece is that it's okay to feel hurt. You just have to recognize where the responsibility for that lies, which is in within yourself. So at this point, if you want to ask me how to get over it, it's that they had nothing to do with it. Hmm. That they were just acting in an unskillful way, and I'm sure they were acting in an unskillful way, but you took that in a certain way and made it into more than was there. Hmm. So you're the only one who can make it less. Hmm. So you need to forgive them for not being perfect <clears throat> and you need to forgive yourself for being vulnerable.
0: And what is that what does that look like forgiving yourself? you know because you, you can say it
1: <laughs> it's okay that you're human and it's okay that you may not always react to things in the best way. that's mm-hmm. okay, but that you can learn from it. Mm. And that's what see forgiveness allows you to learn from it. If you don't forgive then you tend to either... Continue to feel bad about them, which wastes your time, or you get down on yourself, which makes your life harder. Yeah, forgiveness kind of wipes it clean. Okay, I learned that I'm touchy. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm touchy. I'm. I'm not. I'm not done. You know, I'm still forming. I'm touchy. I can not be mad at them because they showed me that I'm touchy, mm-hmm. and I cannot be mad at myself because I'm human. Yeah. So just go on, like. Treat it as if it was no big deal. Speed bump. So that seems easier <coughs> said than done. Well, but it's not so hard if... if How if, so? Are you in touch with this guy? Yes. Um, are, are you capable of calling him and saying, hey, you know, it sounds like we had a little bit of a bump in the road. Mm-hmm. I just want to apologize for my piece of it. Mm-hmm. Can we just, you know... Can we just get that out in the open and be done and move on? Mm -hmm. Can you do that? We we had a similar conversation. With you apologizing too? Yes. Then you should be fine.
0: I still feel a little confused as to why I still have these lingering feelings.
1: (coughs) Okay. So the reason you're staying away from this person is you're afraid of yourself. Not because you're afraid of him. You're afraid of facing your own wounded vulnerability that you're afraid is gonna show up if they're the stimuli. So you're staying away from the stimuli rather than working on healing you. If, if you, again, if you really wanted my advice, you'd make an appointment to see him tomorrow and mm-hmm. you'd sit there and recognize, oh, I'm uncomfortable, I can deal with this.
0: Mm.
1: Let's just talk like normal people. Yeah. Because it's about you, not them. If you had told me they really did something wrong, that would be a different thing. Yeah. But you're telling me they really didn't do anything so wrong. <laughs> How would it be different if they had done something wrong? Then you have to make sure you're still safe with them. That you know that they they do mean you well. That um, they're capable of self-regulation. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me like you got back together with them, and mm-hmm. you know you both said you're sorry. So, if you can't let it go with that, then there's one of two reasons. One, you don't really want the relationship that much in the first place. Or two, you're really touchy. It mm-hmm. yeah. doesn't matter to me which one it is, but, it, <laughs> but it's one yeah. of those. But if it's because you're really touchy, I wouldn't create a habit pattern in my brain if I were you at your age of simply having to avoid people that frighten you a little. Yeah. That wouldn't be a good thing for your future. Yeah. You get that piece, yes, right? Yes, I do. This is pretty minor. You don't want to use it as, wow, well, when things get tough or I'm a little vulnerable, I run away. Yeah, that would be the biggest lesson for you mm-hmm. to do. So
0: that's helpful, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah.
1: Okay, and it's simple. Yeah,
0: and I would say we haven't we haven't been avoiding each other. We've been in contact, yeah. but I think that that framing of it's he's he's a, a stimuli yeah. to something that's within me. That's it.
1: Is powerful, and that's the truth. 'Cause it's done. I mean, he apologized, you apologized, he didn't do anything so terrible. Mm-hmm. Fine. Think of it like this. Um, <laughs> let's say you get a piece of bad food at a restaurant. Nobody's fault, right? Mm-hmm. They don't intend to hurt you. You're the only person who ate there that night that had any effect. It's not like you were dying, but like you had a you had a you had a night where you were queasy, right? Mm-hmm. Then you stay away from the restaurant for the rest of your life. You know, it's like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, are there any times where (laughs) it's not good to forgive?
1: Well, you don't want to forgive too quickly after something happens, because then you can be burying the experience. What does that mean, burying? Not dealing with the feelings. Hmm. Um... You probably, there are certain people you don't want to tell you forgiven because they might use it against you. But inside of yourself, there would be no advantage to staying mad or self-pitying over something after you've had some time to grieve the experience. There would be no benefit to you of that. Mm-hmm. But there are certain people, say, who are narcissists or who are cruel that if you say I forgive you, that may get them furious. What do you mean you forgive me? I have nothing to forgive. You're the, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You don't want to tell them, but you want to have done it. Um, and again, sometimes people forgive too quickly, so they don't have to feel how much pain they're in. And that's not helpful. So
0: feel how much pain they're in, grievance. It sounds like a big part of the forgiveness process is looking within yourself. Where you look. And processing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's say a hit-and-run driver um, dents your car so you need a new car and you never see them again. Yeah. Forgiveness is in you. How are you going to get them to look?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I hope you get this. Yeah. It's, it's about you. Now, sometimes you also have to look at Do you want a relationship with the person afterwards? That forgiveness doesn't guarantee or insist upon. But it can facilitate it, or it can facilitate a clear sense that we're not right for each other. Like, if you had told me this friend was terrible and was constantly trying to belittle you, um, and had a thing for you, I might say, yeah, forgive him, but you're probably better off not in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But that's that's the worst of it with forgiveness. Like you want to do it, but you still need to be careful about whether it's a good place for you to stick yourself. Yeah. So
0: there's like a forgive and keep there, forgive and let go and move
1: yeah. on. Yeah. Right.
0: And so I know you've often said in a lot of your work that forgiveness is a skill that can be learned right. and developed. What are some of the kind of frameworks or steps that that you look you look at in terms of helping people develop forgiveness within
1: their within themselves <coughs> well i mean the mo- the number one thing is that forgiveness is only within yourself i mean there's no place else for it to be even though there's someone else in the equation or is sometimes, there not sometimes it's just a fantasy
0: mm-hmm. like i know somebody a woman what do you mean fantasy because i mean you might
1: you're always feeling hurt <laughs> that's not that's reality well Part of your experience with this person is a fantasy. Part of the fantasy is that he should have behaved differently so he didn't hurt me. Hmm. That's all fantasy. I mean, he's who he is. Part of the fantasy is that if somebody hurts me, um, it's it's like it's I'm so... I'm um, so delicate <laughs> that that I can't be hurt again, and I you know I have to treat myself like this precious little hothouse flower that you know can't be out in the dirty tough world. Those are all like mind games. They they don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there are many things with fantasies in relationships, which is one partner has a complete fantasy about who the other partner is. So if you marry an alcoholic, but you get mad at them because they drink, then you were in a fantasy that they're not gonna drink. If, if you um, expect somebody to be different than they are, then you're in a fantasy. But even like a little less obvious is sometimes, like one partner will fall in love with partner B and they get mad at them for not falling in love back. That's, a fa- that's made up, it's all, it's all fantasy the The underlying fantasy that most of us have is that somehow our life should be easier than the rest of the world's. That you know, I see suffering everywhere. I see the fact that people are homeless and you know, disabled, and they're getting killed. But I shouldn't have to wait on the line at Whole Foods. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's all it's all made up about life. That's what I meant by fantasy. Yeah. So
0: I can imagine that a lot of people, especially hearing those examples as they're listening, have someone in their life who comes up or have an experience that comes up, as we all do. Everybody. And I'm sure everybody also is probably, as they're listening, are thinking, what do I do? What, what are the actions I can take? What are what, what's, If you were to codify what processes and the steps that people had to use going forward... Is there a clear
1: script or is it different for everybody in terms of what we know works in terms of forgiveness? Well, I mean, the book I wrote and the website I have have nine steps to forgiveness. But um, I I can truncate that for you. The first thing is that it's about you, not them. Like That's the first step. It's like, I got to work on me. I got to get me in shape. You know, my mother may have been terrible, but I'm 41 years old. I better take care of me. So that's one. And number two is, it's not about the past; it's about the present. Like it's about how do I live now? What kind of attitudes do I have now? How do I create the best life I can now? Not about whenever it happened. So those are those are the first two steps of forgiveness. The let's say three other simple steps or one and, and this is more complicated than you could do right now but it's like what I started to talk about to you before like where am I fantasizing like mm-hmm. where am I inventing a world that doesn't exist to believe that that's the world that should be but the real world where people are not so nice and perfect and I don't want to live in that world The second one is, if I'm upset, I just simply have to calm myself down. It's nobody else's responsibility. Mm -hmm. And the third one is, I want to make sure that the stories that I'm telling about this experience don't make me miserable. So it's like a re-scripting, almost. Yeah, but you you want to take control so that if you keep on saying, I grew up in a crazy home with crazy people who ruined my life, those crazy people are not the ones who are hurting you, but the story you're telling about it is what's hurting you. That, that you can alter. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody can alter that story any time.
0: And I know some of the language that you use is that instead of being a victim in the story, yeah. you're a hero. You're a hero. What, what's right.
1: kind of the nuance of that? Well, It's not some, It's not really even a nuance. It's what I suggested to you before is like help yourself. Right? It's not, it's no longer about that person. It's about you and dealing successfully with your wounds and your weaknesses. Like that's the heroic journey. Like, can I take my raw material that needs a little fender repair and do it? Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's, that's heroic. That's a, rather than blaming or just feeling sorry for yourself and getting out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, for more serious things, there's a heroic question of whether I want to jump back into life at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you watch your kid being shot, or you're in the middle of a civil war and, and they do horrible things, then every person has a legitimate question as to whether or not they want to try again on this planet because mm-hmm. it's so bad. That's a heroic question. You know, do I want to give it another shot? Mm-hmm. Uh, i will say that what happened to you may not require that degree of heroism. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. i think you I, I just get the sense that you can probably move on mm. um. so let's hope so <laughs> yeah. and so what do you say to people
0: who you know they try some of these techniques they go through the nine steps they do a lot of the reflection they're they're thinking about themselves a lot, and they're like, "I don't know if this can work. These feelings seem to linger." I've been telling myself this for 20 years. Like, I don't, I don't have hope. You know, where, what do you sort of say to people who who feel like they are experiencing resistance in terms of making this
1: progress? Good question. Everybody experiences resistance, so that's not unusual. I will say that most people who do this kind of work, separate from my teaching of it. Um, report positive results from it Mm -hmm. it's more that the feeling is such that i can't bring myself to put the effort forth to do the work that's the more common resistance Mm -hmm. when you put the effort forth you tend to get results yeah Um, but the biggest change and if, if if anybody just does this is to, to that thing that you talked about where I realized it's about me, not them. Mm-hmm. Once that change takes hold, the game's different. Yeah. It's like I just have to you're figure You're on the out. right tracks. You're on the right track. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're asking the right questions, which is what do I do to calm myself down and nurture myself and, you know, teach myself the skills that I need in life to be able to su- be successful in life. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like you know. The the thing is, whatever happened to you, is not the last time that this is going to happen. So you're 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 asking yourself, what kind of skills do I want to develop to have a successful emotional and social life? It's not really about the specific person or incident. It's about you cultivating your capacities. Mm-hmm. That difference makes sense, right? Yeah. So it's it's a different framework. If you have that framework. You're not going to say it's too hard. Well, you can say that, but then you're just acknowledging that you just don't want to work at it, and that's fine. Yeah, and so you're saying, you know, making the effort
0: is is making the difference. (laughs) (laughs) That is the, that's it. Even though you're going to an ambiguous thing, you know, and you mentioned a couple of things. Of course. It's calming yourself, it's nurturing yourself, it's it's recognizing weakness, recognizing the skills that need to make how, how is that done well maybe is this in the nine steps where it says i mean the different components that come to mind for me are like certain questions you want to ask yourself maybe
1: journaling
0: maybe conversations fine. with like friends sure, like what, what's exactly. kind of the mix of different like the
1: biggest exercises. difference is to tell a different story mm-hmm. so most people start their story with you wouldn't believe the asshole that i went out on a date with mm-hmm. okay and that may be true, they may be an asshole, but by the fifth telling, that story becomes like like a sacred thing, like Moses bringing down the 10 tablets, like you wouldn't believe this asshole. So after a while, that story is going to be a prison about this terrible human being that you went out with. But if you had a different story, which is, you know, I dated somebody who didn't interest me, and they were difficult, and, you know, when we parted, I realized that, boy... That was the last I want to see of them. Yeah. There's, there's no drama around it. There's no unforgiveness. There's just the truth. So you want to be careful with how you embellish the simple details of your life into something that becomes a, a grievance story, something you're dragging around mm. with you. hmm if you find a story that you're dragging around with you, you want to get rid of the drag part and just tell what happened. Yeah. So I had a difficult childhood. My mother was drunk a lot. It was really hard. Um, I, I I I had a I had to avoid like dealing with so many people because I was so ashamed. And boy, I'm glad I'm not in that anymore. And I've spent the last twenty years trying to heal myself. That's a story that doesn't carry the kind of drama. That's gonna stick you. that's yeah. just telling the truth mm-hmm. So the most important part is to tell the truth without all the commentary that makes somebody else seem like an awful, terrible human being or the commentary that makes you feel like a poor innocent victim who mm-hmm. can't recover their own life. yeah, that's the piece you want
0: to get rid of. and in the process of rescripting, have you have you found that journaling's most
1: effective or you know are there any practices or There's no most effective. Journaling is a wonderful practice. Yeah. It's a wonderful practice. And there's research about the value of that. But it's just as good to simply talk to somebody. It's just as good to sit by yourself and say, let me practice three different ways of talking about this. Let me find the one that's the least destructive for me. So it's all about taking care of you. Yeah. So... You know, one of the things that we will talk about is if you're telling a story about somebody and you notice your blood pressure going up, you haven't forgiven. Hmm. Like, The story itself is what creates all the tension. If you simply say with this guy, we had an issue where I felt he was unskillful. I realized I was a little touchy and maybe I overreacted. We talked it over. We apologized, but it's still taking me a little while for all the resident, the residual effects to go away. But it will. That story has n- is never going to create a more of a problem for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see that? Yeah, I there's do. There's no bad guy. There's no enemy. There's no poor me. It's just the truth. Yeah. That's what you want to get to. That's forgiveness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't even have to say that I forgave them. You're just reformulating in a way that doesn't have a big problem around it. Yeah. Is that?
0: That, does, that does make sense. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, your blood pressure changing. What yeah. are some of the other health benefits or things? Because I know this is a big part of your research, too, about the, the effects that these, these processes have on people.
1: Well, I mean, the stuff that we've shown is very simply it reduces anger, depression, anxiety, stress... Increases optimism, hopefulness. Um, I think compassion, self-efficacy. But the, the biggest <laughs> sounds like a good list. Well, it's a good list. Yeah. But the the biggest difference is you feel safer because you know you can cope with things. You have to understand when when a let's say a little thing like what you told me, if it sticks with you for a while, you feel less safe because you become a little more afraid of people. You know, Mm -hmm. Well, if this guy could say something that kept me stuck for like six months, I'm pretty vulnerable. So I better Mm -hmm. stay away from certain kinds of relationships. That's its biggest harm. You don't feel safe anymore. When you let it go or you deal with it, you then say, hey world, I know I can take your punches. And that's what's so important. That's what has all the health benefits is the sense of confidence that I can handle my life.
0: Yeah. And I know that you've also brought a lot of this work to organizations. Yeah. What are what do those conversations look like with the leaders? Because I'm sure you know. Right now we're having a one on one, so I can think about oh, how can I free? How does how does this changing this sort of <coughs> well, organizational it's more, processes? Yeah, to, it's, it's
1: it's most of the teaching we do is in groups. I don't I don't do much work one on one. The same kind of thing. You know, it's yeah, just a group of people. It's twelve or fifteen or twenty people learning how to do this for their per, for for. Themselves personally. It's always personal, but there is something about It can also help a culture, but it's always personal. Yeah, we all have our own take on something Mm -hmm. and Even in a conflicted organization or in any situation like that Everybody's gonna see it a little differently. Everybody's gonna have a little different take on it But each person is gonna have to come to peace with their own particular slice of it.
0: Are there any particular questions or things that a leader of an organization should do
1: to sort of bring this sort of stuff to their, their group? <coughs> you know, it, those, are, those are interesting questions because probably the most important thing a leader can do is to model, like being a nice human being who doesn't hold grudges. Hmm. That's more important than any teaching they bring to the organization. So if they're a vicious grudge holder and the minute somebody does something wrong, they bring it up for the next three years, they could give any training they want. Nobody's going to buy it. But if they have the capacity to get mad and let it go and not prejudice people, then that's how they teach it to their organization. Hmm. It's, 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 you know, there's, there's no easy out by just bringing in a consultant to do what you don't want to do.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Gandhi quote that you know you change yourself to
1: change the Be world. Be the change that you want to see. Yep. And so, if you want other people to not hold grudges, well, in particular in an organization where you're mod, where you're you're the model. Mm. I mean, if they see you treat people like crap, then they get the sense that that's what's rewarded. Mm. Right. I mean, we're all learning from modeling, um, but it, it's like the same thing at home. You know, if your parents. <laughs> children are watching their parents to see how they treat each other if your parents treat each other well then p- kids grow up thinking it's a safe home if the parents don't treat each other well then the kids think well this is not a safe place um, they might say one thing to me but they really mean something else and that, that's thats what you have to be careful with
0: what's amazing is that you you forgive yourself for yourself but it also as, as role models that all of us are for each other yeah. it, it benefits other people too yeah
1: Yeah, forgiveness is a very. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It's somebody cuts you off on the freeway. You see yourself getting angry. You recognize that. Wow, look at me. I'm getting pissed off because somebody cut me off on the freeway. That's about me. Like yes, they cut me off. They shouldn't have done that. But look at how I'm overreacting. So if you practice that kind of analysis, then forgiving just becomes normal. Like. You see what's a little out to lunch, and then the few times you really need to get upset, you do so. It's not—it's not like you never get upset, but you want to make sure you're saving yourself for the times that it really matters. Mm. That—that's the crucial ingredient. It's not that you—it's not that you never harbor a grudge, but what you want to do is make sure that's the rare situation where it's the wise thing to do. Mm. So, your friend is not. You know, with that situation. Yeah. But there could be a situation where, let's say you had a long-term business relationship with somebody and they cheated you and you lost your business and it was all because of their dishonesty, which does happen. You, you might want to take a while before you trust somebody else. You know, you, you, wanna, you might want to be very careful and you might want to look at the tea leaves very carefully because um, you don't want to make the same mistake twice. But still, that's about you, not them. But it means you don't jump right back in, you don't forgive and like move on. You, really, you use that as well. Okay, this is showing me about how cruel people can be. I, I can't ignore it. I just want to use it intelligently, which is different than saying they're a schmuck. <laughs> that's, it. Yeah. That's, that's the piece that doesn't do much good. Is there anything that
0: you feel like you still have a difficult time forgiving?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh.
0: What are those things, and what kind of goes through your head, even though since you're kind <laughs> so of sharing... quite a list.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I, I have found... I mean, from the, from the silly to the bigger, um, this I have found myself frustrated with all the drivers around here who can't slow down a second. So if I'm stopped at a light and the second that the light turns green, somebody's on the horn, the first person is like, okay. But by the fourth person, I'm saying, to myself, come on, asshole. Like, you're not going to get there any <coughs> faster. So just relax. You're ruining it for the rest of us, even though I'm ruining it for me. Huh. They're ruining it for the rest of us in my mind. So that's, that, I haven't, that is still a trigger for me, mm-hmm. of impatient, entitled people on the freeway. Um, <clears throat> at work, I can, I can get very reactive at people in charge who waste everybody's time. At least my definition of time-wasting. But I, I've said to myself, and the older I get, and the less I have to be at work, you know, it's like, look, I'm coming in here because I want to. Please don't have another of those three-hour useless meetings. So that's another. At, at a more intimate level, um, some uh, not not pulling your weight. Like so, I mean you, the woman I'm with. Occasionally, like I'll look at it and say, "Hmm, I'm doing this, she's doing that. My share is much bigger. Her share is much less. That's not right." And I catch myself getting upset. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you, though, that since I've been doing this work for a long time, at, those feelings are absolutely true and within me, but I've also cultivated other feeling states which put them in perspective. Hmm. So whenever somebody is kind or generous, I make sure to note it. Yeah. When somebody does, like I've seen just today in traffic, somebody was really stopped and like no in no hurry... And I went I said thank you to them for actually like being a relaxed person. Hmm. That's one of the cultivations that makes this all work better. Is instead of just noti- noticing what's not going right, you absolutely have to also notice what is going right. That's an easier practice than trying to talk yourself out of all the ways that you're cranky. So that, that I do. And the other thing I do in when people are difficult is I look for something they've done that's good to try to balance it out very quickly. Even though it doesn't mean that I like what they did, it just keeps it in balance. Yeah.
0: Do you mind if I have two more questions? Go okay. Um, so you talk a lot about forgiveness as a skill, something that you can it's constantly exactly what it is. refine and develop and You know, a lot of listeners, we we talk about a lot of character traits as skills. And something I'd be interested to hear your perspective on is, you know, if you are becoming a better musician or a better computer programmer, some of these skills that have a a deliberate practice that are widely, you know, (laughs) accepted and taught nationwide, there's a lot of like big sort of ways to measure your Mm -hmm. progress. Mm -hmm. And so what are your thoughts on soft skills that are not as measurable, that are
1: not easily comparable across you know two people it's a very bright question and it, it goes to the, the question you just asked me like I notice if I'm more frustrated in traffic with people who can't wait then I recognize that it's saying something about me so you can use your own inner metric you can put yourself in situations that are challenging or difficult and see how you respond Mm-hmm. But there's also the like, kind of extinction effect, <coughs> which is that if I'm in traffic for a long time, usually by the end of like an hour or two, like I've given up. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is just annoying and I'm going to have to deal with it. And most of the time I'm fine, but that's a practice effect. Instead of getting more upset, I've trained myself to, okay, I'm upset. I don't like this. I really wish I was anywhere else, but you notice all the cars around you, they're not going anyplace. So you better practice calming down. Yeah. So I use these situations as laboratories for myself. Mm-hmm. That's how you do the soft skills. Yeah. Is you're really doing experiments with your own reactivity.
0: Hmm. And so let's say that you had a one day really intensive boot camp
1: mm.
0: on forgiveness. What sort of experiences would you create for people? In in the computer science world, there are these things called hackathons. I don't know if you're familiar.
1: Uh, That's not how I would do it. Um, If I wanted people to practice being more forgiving, I would have them look first for a little while at all the ways that the people close to them were generous and kind. And I'd have them list them and write them. And then I might have them call up a couple people to thank them, so they get into the right space. Well, what, what's the right space for for evaluating um, how to, their life? Huh. Then I might have them check out their material abundance by asking them, you know, like, did you wake up this morning in a bed? Did you have food and running water? So you've had a good day. Like, let's let's make sure you remember that, like. Lots of people starve to death, and here you are with running water and all the food you can eat and stuff like that. So let, let's start looking at life clearly. Then let's look at the newspaper and figure out how many people were murdered pers- ridiculously just last night. And you'll find out it's a couple thousand. And let's just look at your own life now. Let's say, okay, here's how people were kind. Here's how you're abundant. Here's how you're not having all these terrible experiences. So, how do, we, how do we put this together honestly? Hmm. That's what I would do.
0: Hmm. And what would you say in terms of uh, self-forgiveness? People who, who have issues and challenges, as I often have.
1: Everybody does. How is that different? It similar? is a little different. One is, it's a fine line between disappointed in oneself and angry and frustrated with oneself. Disappointed in oneself is healthy because it helps you change. Being like tight and angry, that's not so healthy. (coughs) So with the self-forgiveness piece, it's how long has it been going on? So if you've been a little frustrated because you did badly in something for a day, just relax. It's fine. Feel it. If it goes on to a month, then you want to say, "Okay, we need to stop this. But you have to recognize that it's absolutely appropriate to have bad feelings about yourself every now and then, otherwise you won't learn. So that's first. The second piece is whenever you've done anything that you think isn't right, you need to apologize in whatever way you can and make amends. So if you've harmed somebody else, apologize and give back. If you've harmed yourself, just kind of acknowledge the harm and do whatever you can to make sure you don't do it again. Then the next piece, if, if you're If your forgiveness arises because of some flaw in your part, you got to work on that flaw. Like, let's say you have a bad temper. Well, you may need to go to therapy. Like, it's not forgiving oneself isn't enough. Yeah. Right. Okay. Great. You've forgiven yourself, but you're still an idiot. So you have to get that idiot out of the way, and that takes work. So those are the central pieces. And in the similarity piece, it's that on the overarching perspective, you have to recognize that you're as flawed as everybody else. And so you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to make errors in judgment, and you're going to be unskillful, and there's going to be a whole host of things you simply don't know how to do. So a better attitude than I don't like myself is I'm in process of a lot to learn and that helps keep it from too combative. I'm in process, I'm learning about myself. I got a lot to learn. You know, I'm I'm not going to run from my faults or my mistakes or stuff like that, but I'm not going to take it like I just robbed a bank. Now, if you did happen to just rob a bank, there's seriously there are a lot of amends that can be made when you've done wrong. A lot of amends.
0: what are, what are some of the examples?
1: Well, you know, if, let's say you had an affair, mm-hmm. you you apologize, You don't blame it on the person. You accept if they've had enough to do with you. If they haven't had enough to do with you, you work hard to regain Mm -hmm. their trust. Um, You you go out of your way if you've had an affair not to look at other women in front of your partner. You work at the kind of things that make it clear that you're serious. And you give an absolutely sincere apology. Mm -hmm. A sincere apology has a couple of parts to it. It's one, it's my bad, not your bad. Two, I caused the harm, not you. Three, I'm truly sorry that I caused the harm. And four, I won't do it again if it's under my control. A lot of us give really fake apologies. Mm. Like, I'm sorry that you're upset. That's a big apology, which is not a real apology. (laughs) (coughs) I'm sorry that you're upset. No, I'm sorry because I behaved badly. That caused your legitimate upset. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm apologizing for.
0: Yeah. So if there's one simple everyday practice that people can do to improve their skills at forgiveness, what would that one thing be?
1: Um, Practice mostly with the people who are close to you. So don't create any real problems in the relationships you like. It's okay to have grudges against people that are further away from you because it doesn't matter so much. But with the handful of people who are closest to you, one, if you feel yourself legitimately upset, talk about it rather than holding a grudge and getting pissed. But two, if you're with somebody that you're in a good relationship but they're not perfect or they behave badly at times, you've really got to look at yourself and recognize that this rose has some thorns and there's no rose that doesn't. So I have to be okay with the whole package, which is I'm with a nice human being who's also a slob, but I'm gonna do my best not to drag the slob piece everywhere because they are legitimately a nice soul and that everybody's got an issue and I'm gonna work on not over-focusing on this issue because this is just their issue. It doesn't make them unusual. So the most important forgiveness piece is to whenever way you can, the people you're closest to, stop holding stuff against them because, one, the relationship is precious, and two, you're not going anywhere. But three, the kinder you are to them, the better a place you'll be for them to be in relationship with you. Hmm. And so you're working on making it a better environment for them.
0: Fred, thank you so much. This has been so terrific. Do you have any closing thoughts?
1: Well, the the closing thought that I use with almost all interviews you've already brought out, which is forgiveness is a skill. It's not a religious experience. It's not anything anti-life. It's the skill of making peace with the parts of your life that you didn't like, so you don't have to drag them around as problems all over the place but it's a trainable skill, and the more you practice it, the better you'll get at it. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome.